Hello, y'all. This is Mrs. G's Storytime, and we are continuing Patricia Sanjin's story, The Tanglewood Secret, uh, and we have permission by Moody Publishing Company to read this, and we're on the third chapter of The Wigwam. Philip and I left the path and fought our way through the young trees, which seemed all tied together with honeysuckle. At last, we paused and looked around, and Philip sat down on some moss while I squatted beside him. We'd better build our headquarters here, he announced. It's a good base for further excavations. Philip liked long words and sometimes read the newspaper in search of them, though he did not always understand them. <clears throat> How, I inquired. Like a wigwam, explained Philip. Look, can you see that little mountain ash tree just there? That will be our center prop. Now we'll collect branches and lean them up against the middle close together. Then we'll tie them together with honeysuckle and just leave a little doorway to creep through. We'll have a floor of dead bracken and moss. Now bracken is a type of moss. It's very soft and comfortable. It will be almost like building a nest. And then at the back, we'll dig a hole and line it with sticks and stones. We'll bury our supplies there and cover them with bracken so you won't be able to see anything. It will look just like a floor. I was thrilled and set to work immediately. We worked hard all morning, dragging dead boughs through the undergrowth and cutting long sticks with Philip's penknife. Before long, we had the skeleton wigwam firmly fixed with a little doorway just big enough to let a child through, though it was a little tight squeeze even for Philip. It took me some days to complete our wigwam. Every morning, I rushed through my jobs and headed off for the woods. And every morning, the pile of dust under the carpet grew bigger and bigger. But as Aunt Margaret had done the spring cleaning, my laziness was not noticed. Oh, those mornings in the woods. We seldom kept together. We often wandered off on our own trail, happy with our own dreams, returning to base with an armful of bracken and honeysuckle binding, each of us finding our own treasures and adventures and sharing them on our return. Perhaps our best find lay in the beech tree just above our wigwam. One day I was quietly weaving the wall. I heard a rush of great wings. A brown owl swooped close past me. I was up the trunk in an instant like an excited squirrel, pulling myself from branch to branch, searching every hollow and crevice for the nest. My search was rewarded, for there in the topmost fork of the tree, cradled in a straw and fluffy brown feathers, lay one pure white egg, still warm from its mother laying on it. I climbed down a little way so as not to disturb the mother and sat swinging my, my legs and looking about me. It was all so beautiful, and I was so happy it almost hurt. Then I saw Philip, looking very small, moving slowly through the trees, his arms full of bracken. Phil, I called, come up here. He was up in a minute, and together we gazed in a deep delight at that pure, precious thing. And then we caught sight of the mother sitting in the beech tree, snapping her yellow eyes angrily. And we thought we had better get down. <laughs> Immediately, she spread her great brown wings and dropped onto her nest. We slid down and discussed baby owls laying on our tummy in the wigwam. Everything went well for a week, and Aunt Margaret seemed happy enough to let us go our own way. If ever I noticed her looking tired or overworked, I told myself it was not my business. My holidays were my own, and I was going to spend them the how I please. In any case, I wasn't very good at housework. And so it was rather annoying to me one morning when my aunt stopped me. 
just as I was tearing out of the house and asked me what I, where I was going. Out with Philip, I answered, wiggling as she held me up. Done my job. Honestly, I have, Aunt Margaret. Please let me go. Philip's waiting for me. Well, replied my aunt quietly, Philip must be content to go alone this morning. I need you, Ruth. I have a big wash this morning and you can help me. It's time you did a lot more than you do. I kicked the ground and looked about as miserable as possible for a child to look. But I especially wanted to go today, I whined. Well, you can do what you can do ju- what someone else wants you to for a change, she replied. And if you can't do it, as you're told cheerfully, you can stay in the afternoon as well. You're getting more lazy and selfish every day. And the sooner you change your ways, the better. She marched off to the kitchen and I followed, scuffing my feet, scrawling, and I was furious. Why, the owl, that owl egg might hatch today and I would miss it. It wasn't fair. I hated Aunt Margaret at that moment and I made up my mind I wasn't going to help her and I'd be as naughty as I could and then she'd be sorry she ever asked me to stay. My thoughts were interrupted by the back door being flung open and Philip's head appearing. He had been working for Uncle Peter in the garden and he looked rather hot and untidy. Coming, Ruth, he asked eagerly. No, she's not coming, replied my aunt. She's going to make herself useful for a change. You run and play by yourself this morning, Philip. Ruth can join you this afternoon, if she behaves herself. We both had a miserable morning. I sighed and yawned and scuffled. I kicked the furniture, scrawled at my aunt's back, but she was working hard at the washboard and pretended not to notice. She often pretended not to notice my tempers, and nothing annoyed me more. What was, what was the good of being sulky when she would not even look at me? I grew crosser and crosser. She noticed me all right in the end. However, because she told me to carry out a basket of clean handkerchiefs and hang them on the line. I did not really mean to drop them, but I was so busy slamming the back door, rattling the clothes pegs, that the basket slipped from my hands and all the handkerchiefs were scattered in the yard. It had rained in the night and the yard was muddy. Oh, my aunt was very angry indeed. I think she could have spanked me at that moment if she could have. (laughs) She told me the truth about myself in a furious voice. She said I could go now, as I was more trouble than I was worth on a busy morning. But for a whole week, I was to stay in every morning and work in the house. And by the end of that time, she hoped that I would have learned how to be a little less clumsy. She spoke about my selfishness and what a disappointment I should be to my mother. Then she took the basket of muddy handkerchiefs out of my hands and I went into the house. I stomped my feet, gulped back my tears, marched out of the gate with my head in the air. I had lost my mornings for a week, and there was an hour left before dinner. I would go meet Philip and walk home with him. It was a very quiet morning, cloudy and hazy and warm after rain. All the world smelled sweet and fresh. Flowers lifted their heads again, and birds sang happily, and I felt strangely out of place with my ugly, angry thoughts and my tear-stained face so much so that I even stopped to think about it and looked about me. There were the trees peacefully doing their work, each leaf unfolding perfectly. I couldn't have put it into words at the time, but that peace seemed to come inside me for a few minutes, and I stood thinking how perfect life would be if only I could be good. 
I did not often want to be good, but I wanted it then, wanted it so bad that my heart to be for my heart to be good and happy and useful. I even clasped my hands together and, and spoke out loud because I wanted it so badly. I wanna be good, I whispered. I don't wanna lose my temper and be selfish. Why can't I be good? But my words seemed to float away into empty air, for I knew nothing of Jesus the one who longs to help and change me. To me, he was nothing more than a person who had lived long ago, and I shrugged my shoulders and went on. I shall never be, I muttered. I shall always be horrid and cross, and no one, nobody will ever like me. I met Philip jumping about with joy. He did not seem to miss me at all. (laughs) I watched the egg hatch, he announced. I went up and she flew off. When I looked, the shell was cracked and I could see the skin inside heaving up and down. I dared stay in case it got cold and the owlet died. She's back now, brooding over it, but I shouldn't go up if I were you because she might peck you. There wasn't time to go up in any case as it was time to go home to dinner. On the way, I told Philip my terrible morning. He was comforting and said how sorry he was and I felt better even though I knew perfectly well that I deserved no sympathy. Then, in his own thoughtful way, he stopped talking about the mornings, and we spent the rest of our walk home planning the afternoons. Chapter 4, and the title is Terry. It was only three days later that we held our, had our first adventure and made a new friend, and this is how it happened. The wigwam was well and truly finished and as cozy as a little house as anyone could wish for, with its secret hiding place where we hid our tea and other belongings when we were exploring. The owlet was growing. He now looked like a ball of soft gray cotton wool with a hooked beak and round yellow eyes, and he didn't seem to mind us holding him in our hands. The afternoon about, which I'm going to write, was bright and windy. Excuse me. The wind was behind us blowing strongly from the hills. We had been caught up in it and had run all the way. Being carried along like that made us laugh, and we reached the wigwam quite breathless with running and laughter and ready to fling ourselves down on the mossy floor and get our breath back in the cool, dark shade of the the walls. So it was quite a shock to me when Philip, who had dived halfway through the entrance, suddenly backed out. His eyes were wide with astonishment, and he whispered dramatically, The wigwam is occupied. Oh, I think we may wait until tomorrow to find out what the the wigwam has in it that Philip was so afraid of. So we'll be back tomorrow to hear that. I love you all. Be praying for you too. Bye-bye for now. Till tomorrow.